Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. This afternoon, we're live from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. And we're broadcast on two major radio networks right now, Hope FM and Truth FM. So we are welcoming all of you to uh, our program today. Uh, This is a call-in program, so if this is the first time you're hearing us, this is how it works. We're talking about the things pertaining to life and godliness through our faith in Jesus Christ, and we do it on the radio, 303-690-3000. As the number to get on the air, 303-690-3000. And we also have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. They are, uh, of course, different than each other. And one is for only on the air and one is for only on uh, only for text. Uh, so use them accordingly as uh, we progress through the show. Um, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church here at Calvary uh, in Aurora. Been here 21 years and had a great, great time last night. I love our midweek Bible studies. Uh, it is a it, it is very similar. Some of you are in a church that don't doesn't have any Bible study midweek, but we. We have a we have a tradition. We've we a tradition, I guess you could call it. Uh, we have studies on the weekends, so we have a Saturday night service, Sunday mornings, eight forty five and ten forty five, and then on Wednesdays we gather together, an opportunity to come together, and we study a different book of the Bible. We do things a little differently. It's uh, it's a great service. Uh, we have uh, worship, and it's always a variety. Sometimes a band, sometimes a, uh, just a guitar, sometimes uh, the youth, you know, whatever. Whoever, it's just a real flexible thing. We do missionary updates. We always pray together. Uh, I hope your church uh, prays together when you gather. So we always pray together. And and then we study a book of the Bible. We're in First Peter and last night, uh, it doesn't happen every night, every week, every week, uh, and that's at, you know that's pretty much uh, the way it is. It has been in the life of our church. Is it's people don't uh, what we would say don't get saved, or they don't respond to invitations, or they don't respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit every single service. Uh, some churches have a, this. I mean, I have a lot of friends that ten here and twenty there and fifty there. We in the life of our church, we've never experienced that that way. We've never experienced the move of God that way. Um, We've experienced the move of God in salvation a little here, a little there, uh, which is beautiful. It's 
in no way is that negative for me. Obviously, I would love to see as many people as possible, but I'm very grateful for our place in the body of Christ. I'm very grateful for it. You know, I'm not Greg Laurie, uh, who through his teaching, like, like there is, there is an evangelistic anointing on him. I'm not like, um, Raul Reese from Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, where there is an obvious anointing upon him in evangelism. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was used in a great way in my life personally, uh, to bring a deeper commitment to Jesus. I was saved already, but through his teaching and the anointing upon his life, uh, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and it was a turning point at a men's conference that Pastor Rawl had taught. So really great, you know, uh, very encouraging. Uh, and so last night uh, we saw uh, six people. Uh, and, and you know, Wednesday nights, uh, on the weekends we have pretty full sanctuary, most of our services. <clears throat> but Wednesday nights, you know, it's a family service. It's hard to get there. You're working all day at work. You know, it's uh, so Wednesdays, you know, there's a few hundred people there. Um, but it's not like the weekends and, and to see people get saved. I, I always, my heart always flutters when I think of it because it was a Wednesday night that I responded to the gospel. Uh, it was a, in a Calvary chapel. So I was just so encouraged last night and it was such a hard Bible study to deliver, uh, because it was one of those informational, uh, we covered a lot of territory and I actually covered two difficult questions, uh, not just one. So one of them is, you know, what did Jesus mean? What does it mean when he des- that he descended in the lowest parts of the earth? Or like Peter said, he preached to the spirits in prison. Uh, what does that all mean? Because that's a common question on the show. So I taught that last night. And then a part of that text too in 1 Peter 3 was water baptism. Uh, and and so in, in water baptism, the... Uh, the passage in Peter is often used to substantiate that baptism saves. But that what that did was give me an opportunity to really f- develop a good uh, uh, understanding of what the gospel message is. And I gave it, and then gave an invitation. It was, oh man, I'm just so excited. And so I was texting my friend, uh, texting my friend about this, and I just was just in, I, I was stepping back after all these years of serving and just thinking, you know, the Lord is so good. Because, you know, I'll sit and I'll craft a evangelistic message. It doesn't come naturally for me, so I have to really work on it. I have to really think what I'm going to say. I have to really tie it together with cultural connections, you know, to get, to get people's attention so that the Holy Spirit can take that attention and just boom, get them, you know. And so you don't want to just be dry. You want to connect with your audience. So I, I put all it together. I deliver it with passion. And I'm just like, oh, that was so amazing. And nobody responds. You know, visibly at least. We don't know what God's doing behind the scenes, but visibly. But then I come to Wednesday night. It's a long day, meeting, 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 after meeting, after meeting. Uh, come into the studio or come into the studio, do the radio program, go back to my office, come out. You know, it's it's a 16-hour, 17. Yesterday was probably more of a, uh, what is that, 12? Um, probably more like an 18-hour day yesterday. Uh, you know, praise God. I love, I love full days, but... Um, and I come in to teach, I open up my Bible, open up my notes, and it's a challenging text. It's more, it was more of a study, like it was more of a Bible study than anything. And then to give the invitation, it's just like, the Lord does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. That's why we just need to be faithful. That's it. We don't save anybody. We don't do it. it he just does what he, God does what he wants to do when he wants to do it and invites us to participate 
not only to be in a position to be used, but to be faithful. And so bless you guys that responded last night. The best is yet to come. Well, phone lines, we got two lines uh, full. We got one open. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go up to Greeley, uh, Colorado. Celia is on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, Okay. my favorite verse is to be still and know that I am God. And I okay. trust everything. Uh, everything is His will for everything that happens in my life. Right. However, I have a hard time trying to figure out, is there something I should do while I'm waiting for His answer? Because I know He does not like us to be idle, but I don't want to do something that is preventing Him from showing His grace for me. Well, I think that it's a great, you know, what 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 the psalmist says in um, what the psalmist says here in Psalm forty six. For those listening in Psalm forty six, uh, it says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Uh, I will uh, get this. I'm sorry, it just disappeared." I had it on my computer. Here it is. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, and you know the when when the psalmist is writing this, he's um, it's attributed to the sons of Korah, uh, talking about the strength of the Lord, talking about His help in times of trouble, talking about our response to that. Right. Verse one is a truth of God, and he says we're not going to fear, even if the earth is removed, even if the mountains are carried into the sea. Even as the waters roar and be troubled and the mountains shake, there is a river, he says, whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in her midst. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And then in verse 8, there's a, there's a transition, and it says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease. He breaks the bow, cuts the spear in two, and he burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted. So, so the verse in context is an instruction to trust God. It's not merely a passive, because we interpret the English words as being still with no activity, right? And it it really, we, we kind of look at that and go, calm me, like, maybe like a kid that's really nervous. Be still, calm down. But the Hebrew word is a little bit deeper than that. It has a deeper meaning. Listen to um, the theological word book uh, describes this word, this Hebrew word, rapah, the word still. It, it's a verb meaning to become slack, to relax, to cease, to become uh, weak or feeble, to let drop. So the idea is, you know, the idea is that you, I, I like the, the best, the best word out of this definition that I would use is relax. With all that's raging around you, the psalmist says, with all that's happening, don't freak out. Don't, don't try to take things into your own hands, but stop what you're doing and recognize and remember who God is. There's going to be a lot of activity around you. There's going to be a lot of, of 
scary things that are happening, but the instruction from the psalmist is to be still, relax, calm down, slow down. And and so it's not merely passive, right? Because that's kind of how we interpret it. Because right. the next the next instruction is no. So he says relax, but they also do something, like exercise your mind, and and so it's all really in the mind. It's not necessarily speaking of all kinds of activity as much as it is speaking of your mind and saying, okay, look, 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 things are going to be okay. Stop what you're doing, but also stop stop this and start that, and it's like a it's like a verse of perspective. Um, you know, I think uh, I have a tendency to worry. Uh, so I could take this in my life and know that worry uh, it almost always crosses the line. It's a sin against God. Jesus told me not to worry. And I can sense many times where the Lord just says, Ed, be still. Stop it. Like, right. just slow down. Right. Trust me. And, and so I think the verse is not just passive. I think it's active as well. Okay. Okay. That really helps because I get in that, uh, I, I get where I, I do trust him and I know I've seen the outcome of a lot of things that he's done um, and I should know better, but I tend to feel like maybe he wants me to do something and I know he doesn't need our help, but for some reason I always feel like I'm maybe I shouldn't be sitting and being idle and do something. So um, that really helped me. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Can I ask you a question about that last part yes. you just shared? When when you're were you raised in a religion? Like, did um, you grow up in a religion or like a strict home? We were raised. Um, we were raised Catholic um, up until my mom is a Baptist. My father okay. was Catholic, and we were just raised in that environment. Um, which was not really a religion. It was just um, right. uh, just going with the motions of everything they do. Um, but my mom became more um, active with her with her religion in about 1986, and we started to. Um, I, I got saved, and my dad and we just started to uh, read the scriptures, read the Bible, and become more faithful. Um, yes. my mom is so, so faithful to the Lord and it just, yes. it just astounds me that she's 84 and she is just <laughs> amazing. So that's glorious. So I the reason I asked is because what you, you, what you, how you described your feelings really does sound like the remnants of a religious upbringing. And, and I get what you mean. Like that this Roman Catholicism has, is, is a religious system that teaches activity and works and doing things is how you please God. And it's, it's hard to get out from under that because first of all, you wrote, you know, you grew up with, it, it was kind of foundational. People grew up with it foundational. And, and so now you now, uh, in addition to that piece of false teaching you also have, well, if I'm not active, maybe God's not happy with me, my priest's not happy with me, and I've got all this guilt, and I've got all this shame, and and then you are you don't want to be guilty or shame. You don't even know why you're like, wait, what am I supposed to do? I'm just trying to please God. You know, he says be still, but I'm just, I think I got to do, and you, you're in turmoil 
But in reality, if you took the layer of religion off and you kind of, if you think of, you know, I wear glasses, right? So my, if I, my glasses represented Roman Catholicism, when I put my glasses on, I see everything through Roman Catholicism. Um, and I need to take off my glasses so I can see something plainly. And when you look at this plainly, it actually has very little to do with your activity and doing something. And it has more to do of the, uh, it has more to instruct you and me that there is great peace with the Lord, that there is great hope when things are all raging around you. You can come and rest. It's actually, a see, it's amazing what religion will do. This, this verse, this truth, and some of the things we shared, the whole psalm, is really a gift to you that it's okay to rest, that it's okay to stop, it's okay to acknowledge God and take time with Him, but it's also now because of you know different ways of your upbringing and stuff, and you it's become such a burden. Like I don't know, am I doing it right? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know how to rest. I don't want to rest. Am I supposed to rest? And and the Lord's just it's like Jesus just inviting you. But in the Old Testament, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, that is what I need to do because um, I it, and like I said, it I've seen so much that He has pulled me out of and showed me that yeah. yes, He is God, He is the Great I Am. So I yes. need to just let it go and let Him do it. So yes, yeah. and enjoy the rest. It's yours. It's yours by faith. And you know there is activity. It's, uh, you're you know you 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 are not going to be somebody that doesn't do anything. But you you also sound like someone that could become someone that's so overactive that you just run yourself into the ground. And and God desire He'll lead that. And the beautiful thing about that place of being still and knowing that He's God, or what Jesus taught in John 15 to abide in Christ. The beautiful thing about that place of abiding is that you're in the best position to hear from the Lord, and he'll tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Yes, and he does. And and I I think my, my thought was exactly what you pinpointed, is like, I don't deserve, I don't deserve the good stuff. What am I, do I need to do something? You know, I, right. it's just amazing how we can't um, accept what he's doing and knowing that know. that's his will, so... Um, yep. I, I agree with everything you said. It was perfect. Thank you so much. Well, great first call. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, that's an interesting question because I was just doing some recording earlier, and one of the questions was about uh, why believers uh, have a hard time walking in victory. Uh, and part of my answer was similar to what I just shared with my sister. Like we, we don't, we don't know our identity. Um, we don't know our, or, or we know it and don't believe it. And so we don't live that way. And it's so important that you know your identity in Christ, who you are now because of the work of God. Uh, you know, the, the first one that's so important is that you're forgiven. And not only you, do you want to believe that, but you want to live that way? Um, if you want information on your identity in Christ, email me, ed at edtaylor.org. Ask for that. Say, hey, I heard you on the radio, identity in Christ, and I will return that email with a uh, some links that you can download 
um, some documents that will help you understand your identity in Christ and your new you, um, because the new you is not the old you. 303-690-3000. Katie in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I was, I guess, hoping to get a prayer request, and we want to pray mostly for God's will. We want to try okay. to avoid praying for the thing we're, we think our child needs. Um, okay. So we have two special ed, um, two autistic sons, and they've always had IEPs in their school. They're both still in elementary, um, and IEP is an individualized education plan, sorry. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And yep. <laughs> our son in third grade was exited, and we originally agreed with the school team that, you know, yeah, we think he's done so well, but the more we thought about it, we started to say, hey, we don't think this is the right decision. And so we've been disputing with the school ever since, and we even have the district involved. We go to a public school. We're part of an independent educational evaluation right now. The independent evaluators think he needs an IEP. The school is just set, and it it almost feels like something like illegal or at least immoral is going on, like the school has predetermined. We don't know. Their observations have red flags, but they're saying he doesn't need an IEP, and it's at the point where we don't know if we go to due process, and the question is not only the money with due process, but the time. And is this actually, I don't know how to say it, a tool of the enemy to distract us from spending more time as a family? Because an IP is just a tool. We're not looking to fix our kids. Our boys are beautiful. So I don't want to pray that we get the IEP. We just don't know what's going on. (laughs) And, and let me ask you this, um, uh, just to clarify, as a mom and dad, do you believe from your assessment of your son having oversight of him that he, an IEP would help him? And in fact, over when we were part of remote learning, because our, our boys are at a school where they can be in person now, yes. um, during remote learning, it was a, it was a nightmare. Um, he would, if we even step away from the meltdowns he had, if you just listened to what he said, he did not understand the concepts. And he's a, he's almost on the high end of being close to being gifted and talented. Like he's incredibly intelligent. So it's, it was weird for us to experience that he didn't understand how to research the project they had, or mm. he freaked out over a math concept about visualizing something. Like he just, yes. it was very obvious over remote learning that he he needs somebody to break these down, and not just with an accommodation. Um, and, and so I'm going to pray the way you asked me to, and we're going to pray the the uh, just like Jesus told us to, according to His will, and we're going to trust Him, believing what God's going to do His best. However, I do want to add that God's made you, you're the perfect mom and your husband the perfect dad for this little guy. And because of that, your assessment of him, even if it runs the gamut of emotions, even if it's biased, I would expect you to make a decision for your son that is biased 
because he's your son. He's not my son. He's your son. So you know him, love him. You know him closer. You're, and and so I don't. I just want to. I, I don't want to take away your faith, but I, I want to encourage you that God put you in His life to make these decisions for Him, and and you. It reminded me. Me and Marie and I were talking about this recently, where there's that time when Joshua was praying. You remember after AI in the book of Joshua, he's praying, he's distraught, he is like, man, what has happened? And the Lord tells him, stop praying, get up and go take care of the situation. And, you know, and, and it's counterintuitive for us because we're so used to, wait, well, wait a minute, how is that really how God answers? But I just want to plant that seed, the Holy Spirit can nurture it in your life that um, I know you want God's will, I want it with you, however, at the same time, God's will could definitely be what you've assessed because God's put you in your boy's life to assess him uh, like that. And uh, and I just want to encourage that in your life, that it's okay. Okay, thank you. Father, I pray right now, according to your word, I was thinking um, right now of this scripture, my brethren counted all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And Father, I was thinking of this. If any of you lacks wisdom, and here we are, God, lacking wisdom, how do we respond? How does my sister Katie respond and her husband to this situation with their, with their son? You, you, you told us in times like this, let him ask of God. And so we come to you, God, and we're asking you. And we're asking you because you're described as the God who gives to all liberally. You give us wisdom to anyone that asks and without reproach. And you promised that when we come to you and ask, you will give it to us. And we're, and then you said to say, you told us not let, we have to ask in faith with no doubting. And so we come to you, Lord, and we ask that you would help us uh, and help this family uh, wisdom that would that they need to navigate this school system and the needs of their son and the education process. And, and I just pray for this little guy as well, Lord, with his meltdowns and his frustrations and, and whatever's happening in his mind, whatever's happening in his brain, Lord, that whatever's firing or misfiring, or I'm sure it's not easy for him either, um, living in, uh, with the challenges that, that surround him. And so I just pray for wisdom. We, we are, we are waiting for your kingdom to come, Lord, but until then, things are just hard and challenging. So I pray for Katie and her husband and family uh, to, uh, to have the wisdom and the confidence and the faith to make the decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Hey, keep us in, keep us in, uh, in touch of what, what, what the outcome is. I will, because this has been since December of 2019. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it, it's been long and we just feel like the school we kind of have equated the school to pharaoh (laughs) so we don't know if god wants us to go to due process or you know because you know for us this has been long but in god's scheme of things you know he's teaching us patience and (laughs) yes um so yes thank you so much okay god bless you bye-bye god bless you thank you all right well we're um Coming up on the first half of the program already. It's uh, it happens so quickly. I'm I don't know. I say it all the time, but it's just so shocking. Where boom, the half, the program half of the program's over. But I'm grateful that we only have a really quick, like a stretch break, 
so that we can have these conversations and we're not, we don't keep getting interrupted with commercials. Of course, our station have, doesn't have commercials anyway. Any of the notices that you hear on Grace FM are um, listener support notices uh, for the people that give. Uh, we acknowledge businesses that support us. It's called a business acknowledgement. So thank you guys, you businesses that support Grace FM. Thank you for your individual support. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit on the other end of the break, but um, you know, we, um, we always need financial support. And so we always ask for it. And so many respond by giving, please give financially to this local station, Grace FM, of course, go to gracefm.com, but whatever you're listening on, give us financial support and we'll use it for the glory of God. Be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live. Uh, Just want to let you know uh, that the stream went down. You might be wondering. I mean, obviously, if if you were listening to the stream and it went down, then you know, but... Uh, technical stuff. You know what I think when technical stuff, it can be a little frustrating, I know, but uh, I also think the other side, like it's amazing how often or how much the technical parts of our lives actually work. That's why it becomes frustrating when the times it doesn't work. But man, to think of, uh, I think we've been on the air 10 years now, Grace FM. Um, So 10 years times... Um, 365 days. Let me see. I'm doing, I'm just doing this out loud. So 365 days times 24 hours. So that's 87,600 hours, um, times 60 minutes, which is 5,256,000. 5,256,000 minutes times um, seconds. That's 315,360,000 seconds. And we've had seasons of, you know, we had the fires up there, so the station was down for like a week and a half. We had the snow. <laughs> what kind of, Where do we live? <laughs> the fire takes it down. The snow takes it down. We've had power outages that's taken it down. Um, I remember one time when we hadn't built out, this is just the fun stuff. You know, you, you listen to Grace FM, you listen to the radio, go, oh, they're so professional. They're, they're the, they're, they're, and and we are professional. I don't want to mistake you, but like we're, we're a church. Just trust me. (laughs) We're a church and the Lord is so gracious with us and so grateful, um, that, that he uses us, but we used to have you, this is so funny. The one a network connection for the radio station, all the technology. We got all this stuff, all these things. And there was a uh, one plug, but we had it plugged in the hallway. That was where the, you know, whatever we were thinking when we built that room out, it was plugged into the hallway and someone walked by and got caught up in it and yanked it out. That, that was grace FM for a season. 
we had a, a network plug in the hallway and somebody knocked it out. You know, we're, it just reminds me, we're so grateful. Like it, the grace of God. Uh, he, he, let me read a scripture. I was going to quote it, but let me read it to you. Um, because I, this just popped into my mind that I want to encourage you. Maybe the Lord has a word for you uh, right now where he wants you to be encouraged. Uh, he wants you to be strengthened. So let me see. In Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 20, um, well, well let's, let's back up a little bit. This is Paul's prayer uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in four, verse 14. Just let the Lord do it. Let the Lord receive this. Uh, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And this exceedingly abundantly, such a beautiful reminder of the work that God wants to accomplish in your life. The word literally is perisos in the Greek. It means over and above, more than enough. That's what abundantly means, over and above. God wants to do over and above in your life, more than enough. And the word exceedingly in the Greek comes to us uh, and, and speaks to us about the uh, importance of uh, what? Well, let's see here. It looks. I wonder if it's the same word. Let's get over there. Uh, Forty fifty-seven. Okay. So what's translated into two English words is actually just one Greek word. Same word. Uh, over and above, more than enough. And the English that isn't. That, that's another thing, isn't it? The Greek word is so descriptive. God wants to do so much. It takes two English words to explain it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Uh, Larry up in Windsor, Colorado. Larry, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome, Larry. I wanted to make a comment about the, for the woman who called in uh, yes, regarding sure. um, the be still and know that I am God. Yes. And I think I might have a small uh, life picture of what that would look like for her. Okay, uh, you great. mentioned that your Wednesday evening service was uh, primarily a Bible study. It was a long day for you, 18 hours a day. And oh, yeah. It was Bible study and not evangelical, and yet you had six people uh, give their lives to the Lord that day. <clears throat> Correct. And to me, that's you, you, God used you through that, but it wasn't your intent. You were being still. You were relaxing in in what God was doing through you. It it's, has to be, the glory has to go to God. There's no other way to explain it. That's a great observation. I would agree. You know, I think that um, the, the the work of God combined with faithfulness of God 
um, with us just presenting ourselves, you, I, I would agree. I think that's a great observation. So it's, it's not that you were motionless. You weren't doing nothing. You were still doing what God wants you to do, but you were still being still and, and uh, letting him have the glory. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, I think that that's the, you hit on the key, you know, the aspect of we read a, we read a verse like be still and we immediately interpret it within the context of passivity. Uh, and really it, it's, it's combined with an action. So it can't be completely passive, right? Be still, but no. And uh, it's beautiful. It's that beautiful place, that beautiful uh, position of abiding where, the Lord ministers to you. You know, it's the difference between Mary and Martha too, isn't it? Mary was so close to Jesus that he, she could have heard him whisper to her where Martha had some busyness in her life, some activity in her life. It wasn't even bad. To cook a meal and to be hospitable was a blessing. You know, Mary gets a, or Martha gets a, gets a bad rap for her motives and intention, but really her motives were pure because what Jesus told her what her problem was she was troubled about many things. That was the yeah. issue. And um, so that would be, Mary and Martha would be the same. Be still, know that I'm God. Both of them would have been best to be still and actively engaging in their relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Great. That's, that's, go ahead. Great. Oh, you're breaking up. Sorry. I'm probably going to lose the signal here, Phil. All right. Well, God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Great conversations today. Um, Now, I was looking... um, I was looking at my list of things... Uh, that I was going to send out, you know, because I, I asked folks to, to email me if they wanted that list of of um, the new you and your identity in Christ. And I came across a link I haven't mentioned in a while. It's a phenomenal book uh, that was put out many years ago by Pastor Chuck Smith entitled Grace Changes Everything or Why Grace Changes Everything. Why Grace Changes Everything. And I have a kid's version of that that I want to make available to you for free. Uh, It is um, free from our Sunday school curriculum, Calvary curriculum that we subscribe to as a church here. And and I would love to send this to you. You want to teach your kids about the grace of God. I think we should print this out at the church. We're going to make this available at the church. Why Grace Changes Everything for Kids. Absolutely free. I'm looking at it. It's very engaging. Uh, it is based upon that book. It's very simple. It's, uh, what is it, 12 pages. Uh, it is based on the book by Pastor Chuck. They say it right here in the introduction. Uh, and uh, I want to, I, I, if you've got kiddos, email me. I want to send this to you. Um, I want to make sure we have this for our kids in Sunday school uh, here at Calvary too. Uh, it's Why Grace Changes Everything for Kids. Really cool. Um, so email me. You got a kiddo. Teach your kids about the grace of God. Learn about it yourself as well along the way. Ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor.org. All right, where are we at? Aurora, Colorado. Susie, welcome to the program. Hi. 
Hello. Hi. Oh, I just need I'm calling in for prayer. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. Okay, I'm just calling in for prayer because my husband and I just found out that we have COVID. Okay. How how are the mm-hmm. symptoms? Are you guys doing okay? Um. Yeah. I I hope this is the end of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had COVID in no- December of last year. I I brought it back from our mission trip to Southern California and um, wow. very grateful that the the symptoms were very minimal um, and and that's what I pray for you so let me pray yeah, thank you father I do pray for my sister Susie and her husband with COVID Lord it it is so unpredictable and unknown and so we pray for your healing God that you would strengthen and encourage and heal their bodies and and keep them protected you know, whatever COVID is doing, that you would just bring healing in their bodies and restore their strength and bring them back full speed that there would be no lingering consequences of COVID in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, thank you. Okay, sister, let let us know how it goes. Um, I will. Thank you. God bless you all. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Um, man, you know, the what, what a year. What a year this has been. And uh, uh, the ups and downs of ministry, the ups and downs of life. I really felt burdened today to send out a note on social media to pastors, leaders, and elders to open their churches. And I I believe it's time to open the churches. I mean, we have been open since last May. Uh, But we closed for a little bit of time because we didn't know what was happening, but we we reopened. And we're going to remain open because God created for us to be together for us to mutually encourage one another we want to be cautious and careful yes we want to honor um, each other we want to be patient with each other we want to be humble we want to recognize that COVID is real so that when Susie calls in for prayer she wants prayer she has COVID and, and, and you know an easy response could be well you know it's going to be mild no big deal well, you know, I'm not Susie. I don't know what a kind of a big deal it's going to be. Um, I don't know what's happening in her body, so I just want to have compassion with her. I'm not going to make a value judgment on her. I'm going to just be compassionate and point her to the Lord, and you and I would do do well to do the exact same thing. Um, and to navigate in a hostile world, in a hostile culture toward Christianity, in a way that will help us to spread the gospel more effectively, not less effectively. And, but, but I did, I do really believe that believers, and then I also, I also encourage the faint hearted because by now you, you, some of you could be in a super, super, super high risk. And I get that. Um, but the, many of the categories of those that are not uh, back in churches, they're faint hearted, you know, maybe lacking courage, maybe fearful, uh, maybe concerned, and I encourage the faint-hearted to come back to church too and trust the Lord. 
and I'm I'm not making a medical statement when I say that. I'm I'm just wanting to, I just know it'll be good for you because you'll be obeying God. And as scared as you are, you can just walk in the confidence that the Lord has given to you. It reminds me of a sweet woman we had many, many years ago. A sweet older woman that had, because she grew up Roman Catholic, she had never been fully immersed, water baptized as a believer. And at one of our public baptisms at the Aurora Reservoir, this is years ago when we were still back in the school, so you know, over 15, 16 years ago. <clears throat> I'm a new pastor, so I'm learning too. You know, I'm still learning, but back then I was I was in a much greater place of learning in just trying to pastor a church. And give me a call. Uh, we're going to get back to the phone lines in a second, um, but give me a call, 303-690-3000, 720-336-0897 is how you can text me. Uh, and, and so this sweet lady wanted to be water baptized, but she had an extreme phobia of water and uh, you know you could call it irrational and whatever it doesn't matter i don't know why we label people so what that we can somehow feel more superior to them like it doesn't matter why she had it and it, you know christians be careful would you it's like well she just needs the courage of the lord you know stop it stop that stuff you don't know what she needs until you meet her and you get to know her and you come alongside of her. And that's what I did. I had the privilege of serving her and her husband for many years. And I took the approach of, well, the baptism is, you know, six to eight weeks. So let's pray. And every week we prayed. She'd come up after service. We'd pray every week. We'd talk about it. She was getting extreme. She, so she made the commitment to go out to the Aurora Reservoir and be water baptized publicly. So she made the commitment, but as it got closer, she got more fearful, more concerned. It was challenging, you know. It was, um, and yes, she was a she. Her fear extended to the shower. Her fear extended to the kitchen sink. Yeah, and whatever was happening in her in her mind, it was real. And, but having brothers and sisters around her. And I would guess she was in her 60s, late 60s, 70s, um, having brothers and sisters around her, praying for her, encouraging her, cheering her on. She made it all the way to the reservoir for the baptism. I met her, I don't know, 100 feet from the water. That's how close she got because we all gathered down by the water. You know, uh, we, we used to have picnics and stuff up top, and then we'd walk down to the water to the beach. And she made it about 100 feet, maybe, or 100, 100 yards, maybe. No, that's a football field, 100 feet, about 30 yards. Um, I walked out to her and I said, we can do this. Let's do this. We took each step with her husband next to her, little by little, little by little, little by God. She was so afraid. She tensed. I, I, she was so afraid, tensed up, panic. But she went into the water to just above her knees. We prayed for her quickly because I wanted to treat her like everyone else. We took her under the water. She was water baptized, and she faced it. But she didn't need to be beat down and made fun of and belittled and given the Christian cliches. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, of course he hasn't. We know fear 
is a notion that God's given us, but irrational fear is not from the Lord. But like a person that's fearful doesn't need to be, doesn't need to hear it that way. Another way you can say that verse is you could live it by coming alongside and walking with them in their fear so that you can walk with them out of their fear. Isn't that great? And then after the baptism, I don't know that I did this with her, but it would be cool where I look at her and I say, see, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Isn't it great to experience it? And she could say, yes, it was great. I know she was, I remember she being happy. I, I'm a, I, I need to look through the pictures because I'd like to see them. And they moved on uh, to another church because they moved. But church, please, would you please be compassionate and loving toward each other? Please, people just need help. They, the body of Christ is here to support one another and strengthen one another and help one another. We don't want to become name callers and bullies. Seriously, bullying is a sin. We don't want to be that. Um, that's not from the Lord, period. I, we learned this recently in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Out to Boulder, Colorado, Abeo. Is that is that right? Abeo? Uh, Abeo. Yes. Abeo. Welcome to the program. Thank you. What can I do for you? I'm just calling for a prayer request. If you could uh, pray for me. I can. And uh, I just uh, am struggling with uh, eye illness. And uh, I've been losing my vision uh, for the past few years. And there's, there's, no, there's no like cure to this unless technology comes up with something okay so i i can always use prayer for this okay father we pray for our new friend in boulder for the healing of his eyes um whether that is medical technology supernatural whether even the healing properties that you've placed into our bodies can reverse the degeneration of his eyes god we pray that in jesus name we pray that with great confidence in your healing powers. We, we pray that there was even that healing in the Bible where the man was blind, but there was progressions of the healing where at some point he had partial vision and then he had a little more. And my brother's in a partial vision state. So I pray that this brother would be healed in this partial vision state. And that not only that, you would encourage him and strengthen him so that he would not be discouraged, overly discouraged, and um, just overwhelmed by the situation uh, in his life. And so I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Keep us up to date, friend. I will. I will. I'm always listening, so maybe I'll come oh, back. Oh, wonderful. Now. All right. God bless you, man. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, we're coming up on the. Uh, well, we got a few minutes. We got open lines 303 690 Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, always an opportunity to um, talk about the things of the Lord. I mean, I'm sure you have different viewpoints and things of this last year. 
Um, maybe, maybe you have something to offer into that conversation. Maybe God has changed your mind uh, in, in, in light of, um, you know, maybe you started out uh, loveless. I don't know any other way to put it. And the Lord's been showing you to be more loving. Um, I, I don't know what the Lord's doing, but I know that he loves us. I know that he wants to use us. I know that he cares for us. Um, I know that um, he wants he wants to reveal himself in greater ways. You know, he wants us to um, he wants to reveal his power. And the only way, one of the only ways that we're going to experience the power of God is that when we are powerless. And a lot of what I'm seeing in Christians today is just like fighting for power. God's literally taking it away from us, and and we're fighting to keep it. And we need to submit ourselves to the Lord. Submit ourselves to the Lord. Um, and, you know... The issue of our government, you know, the issue of where our, the state of our nation is right now, that's a different topic. You, you would do well to be politically involved. You would do well to vote and maybe run for office or let your voice be, let your voice be heard um, in, a, in a way that is received. Like, like the, the idea of us getting involved, the idea of us being involved, uh, is is of course what a privilege God's put us in this country to be involved uh, in the political process for sure. But we've got to have the right order, don't we? We have to have the right order, and the right order is that we are. The right order is that we are b- believers first. That's the filter. Like I said in an earlier call, uh, the uh, like my glasses, I see everything through my glasses. So that because I see everything through my glasses, if my glasses were grace, then I'm going to see everything through grace. If my glasses were legalism, then I'm going to see everything through legalism. Um, If my glasses are love, then I'm going to see everything through love. And we want to live is we want to live in such a way that the love of God fills our hearts and fills our minds. And we are Christians first. Here's a text question. Uh, Could I talk about the defense mechanism that we create in our lives and how to get rid of it, especially marriage therapy? That that would be great. Well, you know, what what the world calls, this is, I mean, I only have a few minutes to develop this, but I I, I think it's a great question. What the world calls defense mechanisms or even coping mechanisms, the Bible calls the flesh. Right, so that's going to help you clear out what do I do with coping mechanisms or even defense mechanisms that that and defense mechanism would could also be defined in a practical way of a protective posture where we are self-protecting, and there could be good and bad in that. You, that's why you got to sit down and develop it. But uh, in a broad sense, if you look at it of the flesh. Well, the Bible has a lot to say of what to do with your flesh. It's you're to crucify your flesh. You're to put to death the deeds of the flesh. You are not to feed the flesh. You are not to walk or live in the flesh. Uh, we're to walk and live in the spirit. And so it's similar to what I what was shared earlier, where 
we are learning our new identity in Christ. And in knowing our new identity in Christ, we're then going to live that way because we believe it. Like if God says you're free from alcohol, you are free from alcohol. You can't go around talking, well, you know, I'm so, I, I just, I'm addicted. No, actually, there may be some addictive properties, of course, or whatever your body's responding to it, but God sets you free from that. That's the, that's the truth. Now, if you want to live in a way that's not living in truth, because defense mechanisms protect our version of the truth. Uh, you know, like in marriage, we're hurt in marriage. I don't want to be hurt in marriage anymore. So I'm going to keep my spouse at a distance by my behavior. Does that sound like God approves of that? Now, again, the nuance of that is, you know, you don't submit, subject yourself to abuse and uh, don't put your position. We're, we're not, people always get to the to, to their own defense mechanism. They'll go to some extreme. Well, you know, I'm not going to be abused. No way. I don't want you abused. Make sure you're in absolutely in a safe place. But we're talking about like the, not the extremes. We're just talking about, look, you know, you, you never seem to make any progress. Um, you're angry all the time. You're, um, not close with your spouse. And it could be that you have a paradigm in your thinking that you are, you are not going to love your wife or your husband unconditionally. That's our problem. The answer is unconditional love, but we are so conditional with our love. But it's super great. It's a great question. I'm sorry we don't have more time to develop it, but it's a great question. Let's walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. See so many of you guys this weekend, calvarychurch.co, Saturday night at 6, Sunday at 845, 1045. And You've been listening see you there. to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.